0: Oh how I love Advent! Sincerely, uh, if it's not your first Advent here at Seattle Mennonite Church, you've probably heard me say that before. It is like balm to me um, in the midst of the tralalas and Santa babies that are out there. Coming here for Advent is like balm. And I actually do very much enjoy a number of the trappings and trimmings of the holiday season out there. Today I get to open my first in my fair trade dark chocolate Advent calendar, and I'm not sad about that. So I do enjoy some of those trappings and trimmings, but every year I fall a little more deeply in love with experiencing Advent here with my community of faith. Advent pacing is different from holiday season pacing. The music is different. The messaging is different. And I always hope that this is a place where each of us feels we can bring a more holistic and true version of ourselves than perhaps we can take to the company party or the other holiday festivities that we show up to. You know that um, oft-repeated phrase, uh, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle? I think there should be a companion, which is be extra kind in December, for everyone is fighting a great battle in December. <laughs> because there are those, as I mentioned, tralalas las and Santa babies that are out there, on repeat, um, everywhere you go. And in December there are all these family expectations that rise up for many of us, and expectations that for many of us lead to disappointments. There is in December the amplification of tensions and emotions that may be further underground the rest of the year, but in December they come rising up. And December is the month when we get the least amount of daylight on top of it all. It's the time when griefs and losses and depression and our struggles in the world are unavoidably at the surface for many of us. So be extra kind in December, for everyone's fighting a great battle in December. So with all that, we come here. Not to shun the joyful, not to say we shouldn't participate in what is joyous, out there not to shun that in fact we're going to claim it right here it is one of the themes that emerged from our advent texts this year but we come here ideally to be real about the whole of who we are and the whole of what we carry so welcome to each one of you and the whole of each one of you to the season of advent to this place and to the sacred time apart. Today we heard Jeremiah's words of promise and hope, which are truly lovely. But what is missing from our very brief reading is the context. And context is everything. Context for Jeremiah's beautiful, lovely words of promise and hope is this. The nation is crumbling all around him. Jerusalem has been besieged by the Babylonian army. Jeremiah, most believe, is in some kind of prison when he writes these words. The people are on their way into exile in Babylon. They're all being deported from their homes. Jeremiah will soon depart to Egypt where he will live out the rest of his days. He will never return to Jerusalem. They don't just have an impeachment hearing shaking their nation. They have a nation that's completely crumbling around them, and they're all on the verge of being forced out by a foreign power to leave their homes. And it's in that context that Jeremiah writes these words, these words of promise and hope, which makes them all the more incredible and credible because there's no Pollyanna happening here. As Brian's already told us, shared with us, this adventist Seattle Mennonite, we're asking the question, what are we waiting for? And we're asking it in two different ways. First, we ask it reflectively, what are we waiting for? What is it that we most long for? This way of asking allows us to tap into our deepest longings and taking our cues from Jeremiah this morning. The invitation is, in the midst of turmoil and a nation in tatters, How might we tap into our own longing for justice, specifically? Now, many of you know that um, for the last months I've been thinking a lot about bodies. Uh, Part of that is I'm uh, returning, or have returned, from a very embodied sabbatical with walking as a spiritual practice. I've been reading a little more recently about trauma studies and... um, Those who are experts in the field are teaching us how things are stored in our bodies. It's not just our minds or our hearts, but in our bodies. The past is not the past, but is often present, even if deeply buried and hard to access in our bodies. And I've been wondering about engaging our bodies more in worship, even as I know it makes many of us, lots of us, maybe most of us, deeply uncomfortable. Um... So I'm gonna ask you to lean into some discomfort and try something different with me. And I'm gonna tell you that eventually we will all close our eyes so that we can all lean into our discomfort perhaps with a bit more freedom. Um, And as uh, with anything to do with bodies, I invite you to lean into the discomfort if the discomfort is good. And you don't ever have to do a thing with your body that you don't want to do. So I want that to be real clear. And one more thing, all of our bodies are different. So adjust, modify, swap out um, as you wish. But I'm going to ask you to actually feel your bodies for a minute Um, as we tap into our longing for God's justice in the world. So I'm going to invite you to hear these words, these prophetic words of promise and hope in three different postures. And your only job is to be present to the experience and notice whatever you notice. That's all you have to do. I'm going to describe a posture and then we're all going to close our eyes so that we can freely lean into our discomfort with it if we want to. Uh, do whatever you'd like at that moment with your body and we'll breathe a bit and then I will read the words. So first I'm going to get a chair. Modestly. If you want to even pull your legs up, get real small like this with your hands over your face, or you could lean, just lean over. But I want want to invite you to um, to go internal, to make yourself small and dark, and perhaps even hold yourself. Okay, so now we're going to all close our eyes if they're not already closed, so that you can find your way to a posture. And now, we're just going to inhabit this for about three breaths, and then we'll hear the prophet's words. (laughs) The days are surely coming, says our God when I will fulfill the promise I made. In those days, and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up, who shall execute justice, and make things right throughout the land. I'm going now to describe a second posture. Posture of sitting up, maybe a little straighter, and in some way uh, re- re- receiving, receptive. So with your hands either on your knees or upstretched in this way, um, a, a slightly taller and more open posture. Okay, so if your eyes are not yet closed, and invite you might need to close them. And again, we'll sit here for a few breaths to just inhabit this posture, and then again, we'll hear the prophet's words. Are surely coming, says our God, when I will fulfill the promise I made. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up who shall execute justice and make things right throughout the land. This one is going to be our giant Sitka Spruce posture. There's a lot of ways to do that, but um, if you'd like to, we invite you to stand in body or in spirit, because you don't have to stand in body to stand in spirit, Um, and to just imagine rootedness. So um, being strong and tall and um, maybe big in other ways, Um, You can feel that one out. Uh, But this is our giant Sitka spruce. So close your eyes if they aren't already and allow yourself to sink into this posture with a few breaths and then we will hear the prophet's words. days are surely coming, says our God, when I will fulfill the promise I made. In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up, who shall execute justice and make things right throughout the land. We waiting for, waiting for justice, waiting for things to be made right. That is one way we're asking our question this Advent season, reflectively, tapping into our longing. And the second way we're asking our question is with some urgency or eagerness. What are we waiting for? What on earth are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Let's get on with it. We know in Advent that we're building towards the story of Mary, Joseph, and a babe lying in the manger, a babe whom we claim to be the incarnate one, love incarnate, the embodiment of God's promise to the people fulfilled. We know that's where our story is heading. We know the end already. We claim that God's reign And the gospel of just peace is already begun. So what are we waiting for? And the second way of asking the question allows us to step in. And as we say every single week when we light our peace lamp together, we are both witness to and participate in God's vision of a just peace for all creation. Again, taking our cues from Jeremiah this morning, the invitation is in the midst of the turmoil And the nation in tatters to step in. How do we step in to participating in God's justice very specifically? A colleague and a friend said to me this week, we are free to fail and we are not free to stop trying. And I found that really helpful and invitational and sort of liberating a move toward that collective liberation that Kat evoked for us this morning so beautifully. (laughs) I bet Lulu failed at some cartwheels before she nailed it and mastered it. Right? Yeah. So we are free to fail and we are not free to stop trying. Somehow we have to keep stepping in, keep stepping in, keep giving it a shot. We are waiting for the full realization of God's vision. Yes have a just peace for all creation may it be so (laughs) and when i look around the world that is certainly one of my deepest longings we are waiting for the real full realization of those days when god will fulfill fulfill the promise of executing justice and making things right throughout the lands and we cannot wait for the full realization of that vision before we step into it right in fact the vision needs us It needs us to cartwheel into it. It needs us to step into it in order to make it be. It needs us to live as though it were so now. And if enough of us live as if it were so, we may find that it is slowly so. (laughs) Thanks be to God. So thank you, church for holding the space with me in this month of December when we can tap into our deepest longings and when we can companion one another as we step into our calling to be and to do God's justice in the world. I'm going to invite you to hear Jeremiah's words one final time and you're welcome to choose any posture you like. You could repeat one of the three earlier that you felt like there was more there for you. Um, or you can stay right where you are. You can close your eyes, or you can look at your own hands. You can gaze at our beautiful worship art. Um, you can look at our candle, which I was looking at from the front seat, and I'm sure it's lit. No, it's not. Let's try it again and see if we can get it lit. So You can gaze at went at and try to see the light. Uh, I even invite you, and you need to know this if you're going into a posture, if you'd like to look at the people around you, that would be another place to look. So, choose your posture folks. And hear these prophets' words. Hear this promise. The days are surely coming, says our God, when I will fulfill the promise I made. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up who shall execute justice and make things right throughout the land. amen and may it be so can i get an amen, amen. amen. and may it be so may it be so may it be so in our lives and in our world and in our community here amen we are going to sing together and we're going to sing from our purple songbooks, number nine as the pauper waits for plenty Let's sing together about our waiting, our waiting which is both expectant and